It's interesting how um, like different companies, like Publix, big, regional, makes them sound small. I forgot the revenue is insane, but they operate each week. There's a new weekly ad. There is always the BOGOs um, mm -hmm. that always happen. And so it's like they train us to shop based on those, at least those that are like more frugal. We are frugal by necessity with five of us. Like we're spending so much money on groceries. It's crazy. Um, but like we just, you're trained based on like the incentives or the whatever discounts are going on. So it makes me think like, oh, you know, buyers, if they're used to seeing incentive, 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 they're just sitting there waiting. Like for me, I know there's food that we buy from Publix like all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not buying it this week. I know in two, three, four weeks from now, like it'll be buy one, get one. And I'll just wait till then, which is essentially 50% off. When so I bought my house, though, I was like six months pregnant. So I couldn't mm -hmm. really wait around for two months for a deal. Uh, no incentive for my house. I was like, I'm going to have this kid. So regardless this of if it's coming house, out, they are not. Like we, so, we need <clears> yeah, there's definitely things I wait for, but I think a house is not one of them. If people are, have a big lifestyle change. It's usually, yeah, kind of have to. Dramatic. And that's who's buying houses. So yeah, those that yeah, have to right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I know we'll be sitting on the fence for a very long time. Um, mm -hmm. I just... still I was, I think it was like last podcast or two podcasts ago where it was some kind of data of like how many times do people still creep on Zillow, even though they have a house. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'm on all the time. I was like, yeah, at least every other day, at least yeah. every other day mm -hmm. for five minutes. Cause I get those emails of the alerts near me and I just want to see. Yeah. Do you have like little house for what's do you have like little circles on or shapes of like, I will live on this street. I like, I'm obsessed with like that. My kid's not in school yet. He's only three, but I feel like in like a year, I'll probably be like, all right, which school district is, is mm. that for middle school or high school? And should I move slightly within my own neighborhood? But I'm, I'm still a bit of ways. We'll see. That's true. Yeah. School's important. Yeah. You will. I think it all takes is like, oh, one bad day at the school that you know, you're not a fan of for you to go. Okay. We're ready to move. Like, despite the money, like if, if it's able to happen, like if you're if able that, to afford it. That. You'd yeah. be like, yeah. nope, not doing that again. Um, yeah, it's funny things are once we moved, we had been kind of talking about it, but not really. And then there was a pit bull that was beside us. I'm not, I know some people love have nice pit bulls. This was not a pit bull. I mean, a nice one. This was a mean one. And it was out of its yard one day. And that was like it just magically. Now we're shopping for a house. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. weird. Like what, you know, well, what one thing. Yeah, can no make one, you start shopping. Yeah, no one at Julie about pit bulls. That's um Yes, no, I know. Some <laughs> some of them are nice. I get it. Yeah, but some are nice. This, some this chihuahuas was, aren't nice. Some are and <laughs> this one was not. If was that not one nice. was a nice one, you'd be like, this is a great, great neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's our little we have two Bostons and you think Bostons are great, but the little one is a little butthead. She she is the pit bull. Um, like get her out of here. <laughs> so it's funny. Yeah. It's like just little Napoleon syndrome for those dogs. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. But with them, what's worse is like someone comes to the door. You're like, what is happening? And it's because they're bickering with each other, like two old ladies, like trying to figure out where they want to have lunch. And they're just sitting there like, I get to be at the door first. And you think they don't even care about the door. They totally forgot about it at that point. They're just like, my turn, my turn. Yeah. All right. Let's All right. get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. 
Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 277. I'm the ad doctor, Andrew Peak, And with me today is Jackie Lipinski and Julie Jarnigan. Hello. Hi, good to see you guys. I know. It is almost summertime. I mean, I'm in Florida. It's always summer. But I'm like, we're almost halfway through the year. The summit is in just a few months. I'm, a, I'm already started looking at flights. I do that. I'm the first one. I'm like, can we book our flights? I'm so excited. Can we please? <laughs> I just get so pumped for like any event or like just getting oh, yeah. back together with like, I don't know. It's like the team the bands back, back together. together. The bands back together. Like I, I love the summit. I love attending IBS and all the other big things because you're like, oh, my people. Like it just feels so nice. It's like college, right? Like, yeah, it's like, a like oh, I just want more people with the same weird passions. And like you have one drink and you're like, bounce rates. Am I right? You know, and <laughs> it's really, it's always fun. Bounce rates. Am I right? That's like a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Don't need bounce rates anymore. We need engagement rates. Get ready for right. GA4 changes. Oh my goodness. Well, let's get started with story time. Julie, why don't you go first? So y'all know I don't like to spend money, but I spent money on something that's not like me. So have y'all ever done a house project and then it just opened things up? Like then you see all the other house projects you need to do. Mm -hmm. So we had to remove a tree because it was too close to the house and it was hollow. So next hurricane, it was going to fall on the house. We were afraid. So we had to get it taken out. Well, when it was taken out, then our house was like green with mildew, like it needed to be painted, but you could never see it because it was so shady under there. Right. Also, like we needed to redo that whole flower bed. It was like one of those just things that introduced us to a bunch of other projects. But our paint or our brick is kind of pink. And so I was scared to death to pick the paint color. So I paid this lady to come to my house with her little roll up bag and help me pick out paint colors for the house. Okay. And it was so worth it to me because I would have obsessed over it for months because I would have been so nervous to pick something and it would have taken me forever and a million paint chips. But it just all comes back to, we just don't want to make a bad decision and home buyers are the same. They just need somebody to help them feel better sometimes, like hold their hand. This is going to be okay. You're making good decisions, whether that's on the marketing side or the sales side or the design selection side. That's all I needed. I just needed somebody. And I made the final decisions. I just needed somebody there with me to kind of like guide me and tell me it was all going to be okay. And so it was worth the money for me because it was just quick and easy and now I feel good about it. So that's what I always feel like those when builders have like, oh, we have these four options, you know, or five options where it's kind of like Mm. not necessarily quality options, but it's just like, here's the, like the brown colors, the, this colors, the, we're talking around this and then. It's like, yeah, designer, a curated collection series, I think always goes, whew, okay, like I didn't even know where to start if I especially have to now mm-hmm. shift to a pre-sale home or more under construction. And I think that does build a lot of confidence. So what what color did yeah. you end up doing with? Oh, it's pretty boring. I mean, it's like a off-white with these like darker it's gray shutters. white. But it, there's like a million different undertones of white. And if I picked the wrong one, my pink brick was going to turn like pink, pink. So really, that's all she did. And she was like, do you want to see more options after we kind of had settled on some? And I was like, nope, nope, nope. nope. (laughs) I will just confuse myself and change my mind. So yeah, if you see the colors, you'll probably think they're just not, it was nothing weird, but I just needed, I just needed Needed that guidance. I live across the street from a bright yellow house, Julie. So it is important to, he admitted, he's like, I just chose a color and they shouldn't have let me. 
I was like, mm-hmm. that's hilarious. Right, sir. You're and right. there's there's some gray home. Well, they, they were supposed to be gray in the neighborhood that turned very blue. Like, you know how gray can just like magically turn into baby blue. So yeah, you have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. We had a similar thing when we built the house with KB of the height of the baseboards we had to pick. Mm. And it was like, well, here's what's included. And then I think there was three options, but it wasn't much money. It was like $300 more, $500 and like $700 more. We're like, I, I, we don't know. The ceilings are like right under 10 feet. It's sort of like, it's sort of like a, like, I don't know. What's like a, like a faux pas. Like we picked this one and yeah. now it looks like, yeah, what's guys, you're idiots. why would you pick that one? That's <laughs> yeah. not the one you pick. You picked that mm-hmm. for 12 foot ceilings. So we're like, I don't know what to pick. We're, at, like, we're looking at her like, please help us, please. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, typically it's this. And she kind of answered, kind of did not answer. So then I just secretly went on to Google and I, I got like mm-hmm. what, what Google suggested, like she was just trying to like not make the choice for us. She was very helpful and educating, but I'm like, just tell me what, which one we should go with. Like, yeah. And there's the certain things you, the there's certain things you really care about and you come in and like the building process. Cause I've been through it too, that you're like, this is a thing I know I want. And then there's a million choices you have to make that you're like, I've never given this thought ever yeah. in my life. I have no idea. <laughs> so you, and there just you go. Need somebody Easy to you. content to create. Yes, stuff like that. Absolutely. So easy. So like, that kind of goes along with my story time, Julie. Oh, I feel like every time we're on together, Welcome. I'm like, mm, <laughs> there's always a theme. There's always a theme. Kevin loves the theme. Mine works. Yeah. So I've had, uh, I, I think probably two builder calls in the last two weeks where they're like, Hey, in the future, we're looking at our calendar, how many homes we have available. We're going to be out of spec homes around this month. If sales trend, and then we're going to really have to shift our focus to under construction, early pre-sale homes. And we're like, okay, let's have conversations. Like um, the big conversation that's happening here is how do we shift the messaging on the entire website now to focus on that? Because it has been, and most people right now, as I'm sure a lot of builders seeing, sort of struggling with under construction homes because people want confidence. They want to buy something that they can feel and see. But once those specs are gone, if you're a builder and you just don't have them, you can't they don't just pop up. You have to build them. And especially if you're including features. So one of the things we talked about is, and so if you're a builder and you're having this problem is we have to shift our mindset of what does, how do we need to fill that void of content on our website now? And, and we almost need to be a squirrel for winter of what content do we need to be taking photos of videos of what do we need to prep? Is this like, we have to treat it mentally like a pre-sale process in the last two years, we haven't really potentially had this problem. Like where do we need to do interviews with our design studio center? Do we need to rephotograph that? Do we need to create curated collection series? Like, you know, Julie, we were just talking about what do we need to be thinking about now? And then creating that content game plan when you have, because when it happens and if you're not ready, it's, it's going to hurt. So really, and just thinking about, it's going to be harder to sell. We need to keep people on the website because now it's a com- sort of a different buyer mindset. Um, do the calls to action on our website potentially need to change? What note or Word document can we start talking around of what we'll need to change and how we shift our messaging? And then mm-hmm. when does that need to, to come into play? So if anyone else kind of has that, just wanted to make you aware of, start thinking about it months in advance already, if you think that is a potential. Um, because it, it, it's going to be very painful if you have to shift in the moment. So any other content you think, Julie, they might, they might consider. Yeah, we were actually talking about, 
we talked specifically about one content idea and now I can't remember it. Do you remember what it was? But what I was thinking is that it is important. So one of these we talked to, they wanted to leave some of their quick move-in advertising out there because they were getting a lot of traction from it, even though that's not their focus. That's fine if you make that decision, if you just still want the traffic and the eyeballs, but you need to talk to your OSC about that and tell them like, we're still running some of this, but we need to move some of those people over, you know, if it's not a good fit. So just make sure if that is your strategy, if you are going to do that, just be really strategic about that. Oh, I know what it was, a blog post. And we may have talked about this here, but a blog post about build times being better because there's those horror Mm. stories out there in the world of it took me years to build our house. So just some content to kind of show that people um, were building faster, people are signing contracts, and then we're closing quickly. If that's the case for you, hopefully it is. And then um, just like Jackie was saying, all those finished build homes out there, make sure you have good video and photos of those that you're storing away because I think you probably in a few months are going to say, oh, we have no content and we have no new pictures or anything because nothing is out there for us to just run out and go get you know photos and videos and things of. So yeah, take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. I actually just saw one of those this morning and I shared it on my um, Instagram story and, and the news article was Tampa couple described new home construction nightmare lasting years. So mm-hmm. it's like, we just, it's funny, like I post that, I'm like, we just need content to counteract this. I had no like detailed suggestions. It was just like something, which might a while ago, I think I thought it was on the podcast. I was talking to, who was on there? I know Kevin was on there, obviously. I'm like, we need some type of gauge as far as any compared to Amazon. And what, in my opinion, what really made them take off on top of reviews was they had some promise of when you'll get the item. Mm-hmm. Now it's like pretty much foolproof because it's, they have the logistics and the the network set up to get that done. But here's this article saying it takes years. And then you compare that, like that's what people could be indoctrinated with. Then they go to builder websites and there could be nothing in terms of like, there's no time given. I think usually there's nothing actually. Is I don't know if there's There's that one builder. But they're comparing nothing versus this. Yeah. People's and faces and interviews and facts. So like, oh, geez, maybe it does take a long time. I could see that like, yeah, yeah, it took me eight months to get a pool, and that's just a pool. Like this is a whole darn house. Like what in the world? So ooh. I think yeah, I think concept, there there've been a, there have been a couple of builders who've kind of had that like graphic. And if you're obviously listening, you don't see my hand gestures, but it's it was like a five six point like almost like you know it, it slowly goes red for um like if you're you know you're taking your temperature, but it's like here's where the house is under construction. <laughs> it's oh, like okay. when you're yeah. waiting for a pizza. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. submitted. It's yeah. yeah. Pieces in the air. There's but if you're trying to it. create more clarity for under construction homes, you know, I don't know offhand any builder who's like feels confident maybe putting that messaging out, especially since COVID, mm-hmm. COVID I think really scarred a lot of us with timeframes, but maybe some very general. General what, something. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, something. this has not something. Home will be done March 1st. It's like, no, oh, this not at all. That'd be terrible. Q3. Yeah. Or on average, homes take X amount of time. That's it. Some some type of commitment, sort of. Yeah. Sweet. Well, my story, it's a little bit of a rant, which is always so much (laughs) fun. fun. So I'm so sorry if this offends you, but I'm actually not sorry if (laughs) if it offends you. I decided today that dashboards, Mm. unless it's tracking spend, should not be used by people who have marketing in their title. Oh, you are mm. being controversial. Yeah, I'm going to say this is going to be too spicy. I know. Spicy. <laughs> it's getting spicy. And there could be some caveats to that. Like, well, okay, what if you're the VP of marketing, sales and marketing? 
you don't have time to jump in. So let's exclude top leadership. People who, sh people who are analyzing, people who are running things, people who are clicking buttons, which should be pretty much anyone beneath that. Or people mm -hmm. who are interacting with vendors, managing their vendors, any of those people outside of spend monitoring, I think it's doing a disservice to that person and their growth and how good they can be in marketing if they truly spend most of their time in dashboards. Mm. It's what I'm what I'm getting at. Because you, you can't just like get in let, there. Let me ask the question. Are mm -hmm. you saying instead of just focusing on the dashboards, you should be in the nitty-gritty data? actually analyzing it or where's the like if you're checking on um let's see how google ads is doing going to looker studio data studio if you're that subset of people i'm talking about i think is a wrong choice i think you should go to google ads you should go to facebook ads you should go to analytics to get that information or you at least should know how to pull those how? numbers you should at least be familiar with where they come from and of course, we're not, we would never like hide anything from our, from our builders or anything. But if you're working with other vendors, yeah. you don't know where they're pulling all the, those numbers from that they're giving you. So you mm -hmm. need a basic understanding and background and a transparency of where those numbers are coming from and what they really mean. Or, you know, you don't really know what you're looking at if you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. I don't know what triggered it today. I mean, I, I've been making, we kind of make like throughout like a given month or, or quarter, like when we create dashboards for, for our builder partners, it's usually just like a consistent, like a few, like we have a new builder, we have like this dashboard, cool, cool, cool. Then we have like adjustments we make. So it's usually never like, oh my goodness, today I spent six hours in data studio doing all this crazy stuff like that. That really never happens unless it's something new we're trying to create or test. Um, like when, when last one, BigQuery had their integration and like getting that working. That's, that's different, but this is just, I, I don't, you know, we have the Academy and we spend some time on dashboards, but like it, to get that intuitive, like, oh, I know what's wrong with it. Or like, why is the cost per click this? Or why is the click through rate that like that data is all in the interface or in Google ads. It's not in the dashboard because they put it in the dashboard. You have to know what to get to put it into the dashboard. And if you're, if you have like a simple dashboard, which dashboards should be simple, it should be like you're driving and you look down at your dashboard mile per hour, RPMs, gas, like it's just triggers for you to go do something like, oh, gas is low. I need to go get gas. But we're the experts. So we don't need to be told when the gas is low because we're monitoring everything else. At least that's what I think we should be doing. Mm -hmm. The better marketers. So the people with director in their title, is that what you're just like? Oh, what the, people who level? are clicking the buttons okay. that would be in charge of, okay, hey, that community is slow. What's happening there? Mm -hmm. Like, is that the director or because everyone has different titles, but chances yeah. are like, I don't know, I guess titles are different. Well, and for me, the bigger problem is, is that if you see a problem on a dashboard, you're not going to be able to dig into it on the dashboard. So mm -hmm. if you see something struggling or something's wrong or looks broken or why is that down, you're going to end up having to go into the actual analytics, Google ads, Facebook to figure out what's going on anyway. So, I mean, that's why... Yeah. We've tried, even within Do Convert, we've had dashboards for like checking things and watching things. But in the end, it's always usually ended up that it's easier just to go through and look at the actual mm -hmm. accounts yeah. because it's just one less place to look. So right. for, for seeing a problem, for getting an overview and is everything working like it should, dashboards are great. But actually like digging in to fix yeah. something or diagnose something, it's almost impossible yeah. to do and you could, a dashboard. You could just be, to me, you could almost be logical with it. 
if you were to spend 200 hours in a year looking at dashboards or 200 hours in a year actually in Google ads or Facebook ads, which marketer do you think has progressed in growth? It could be able to analyze better. Maybe their career path is on a faster trajectory towards whatever goal they have. I'd be like, well, probably the one that's actually in the interface yeah. itself versus the dashboards. So I love, I mean, it's, I love when someone sends us a screenshot too and they're like, I, okay, what am I looking at? Like, and sometimes it's like, even just the dates wrong. And we're like, but thank you. Like, thank you for looking into it. And also mm-hmm. for like saying, I messed something up and please teach me. Cause that's, that's going to be a teachable moment moving forward. But if you keep getting stuck at these stop signs of like, I don't really know where to, where to go from there. That's not going to help you, you know, digest or break down that information or understand what's breaking. So yeah, you do have to, I think, fail in analyzing or, or get confused yeah. and analyze it with teammates or analyze it obviously with us or, or third-party companies and just be like, what does this mean? Cause that does scare me. Or like, sometimes we'll work with a new partner and they're like, oh, we don't have, we've never had access to our Google ads and we don't know how they performed and we never got updates. And also now we don't have the, the, the third-party companies keeping it. And we're just like, oh man, now we no. don't have, like, now we have to start fresh, which is fine, but y- it, it doesn't usually help you in your growth of understanding what's best for your company too. And obviously you want to own your accounts everywhere. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's been, there's been a string of, of, of that people having account issues. Yeah. Um, whether it's, they don't have their login, someone made a new account and then that person's no longer there. And like, we're, who has that account? Oh, they're at a different builder now. They're non-responsive, whatever it may be like, yeah, you really have to protect. I mean, it's an asset like your account. So have the login. Yeah, for sure. What was your other rant? Do you have that? Oh, it's not worth mentioning. It's, this is more fun. We'll go, <laughs> to the, we'll go on to the news. We'll go on to the news. Jackie, you want to lead us into the news? Sure. So Jesse Suggs at this moment is teaching at the Online Sales Academy in Virginia. So okay. I wish, I'm sure we'll have uh, online sales on next week. But she wrote a, a very fun piece for online sales counselors called Pre-Sales Say What? Um, and that's how you have to say it when you read it. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I love her. I, I got to tell you, she comes up with my favorite title sometimes. Um, but it just talks about the funny. online sales strategy for managing upcoming community and coming soon leads and how that's changed and how we need to be um, treating them. And then in the article, I believe, she has a really, really nice graphic of like the eight points of... Yeah. Um, Who made that thing? I think it was Carla. There we go. Carla. There you go. Carla. Nice. Good job. Carla. But the VIP lead management in in a very easy to digest um, breakdown. And this is part one of a part two series, which will probably come out in the next month. But if you're an online salesperson or a leader of a company and you're just like, oh yeah, wait, where do we start? Or again, same with the swapping to pre-sales. We maybe haven't thought about it in a long time. It's a really good refresher article, but also there's there's some new bits about how to treat people differently. So check it out. It's a great read. Kudos to, to Jesse and obviously understanding like we hear echoes in meetings sometimes and we're like, this is something that needs to be talked about and relearned sure. because it is hard for, for people to digest over two you years. You know, it'd be fun. And this is going back like 10 minutes. Julie, <laughs> I get your take on it. That graphic that Carla made for the VIP lead management process mm-hmm. that's on the blog post, that could almost be that type of imagery could be re- remade to be like the mm-hmm. time frame for building yeah, building. Absolutely. Um, as far as steps one through eight, and yep. then it could be steps, it could be months on average or whatever it may be, but I'm like, oh, that's, that gives certainty 
compared to that article that I referenced that said it took years. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, combat that stuff. Absolutely. And I think as far as her article goes, it's also a good reminder for marketing directors. We come up with this big pre-sell yeah. plan, but if you're not including your OSC in it and you're not talking through the steps and what they're going to share and when with them, you're kind of missing a big piece of the puzzle. So just make sure you're including in them and there's a good plan for how they treat those leads. Yeah. Agreed. Next this is a fun article. one. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. This is good, which I have some like weird stuff to go with this. Major Facebook ad glitch has advertisers asking about refunds. So was this on Sunday night, Jackie? Sunday night, yeah. Sunday night, yeah. Essentially spent most of their money by 9 a.m. or like <laughs> early morning. So you have $100 today, then you log into, you wake up. I haven't slept until 9 a.m. in a long time. I'm broken. But you go on, you check your Facebook ads in the Facebook ad interface, not in a dashboard. And then you go and you're like, hmm, that's weird. I have my date range wrong. There's no way we spent all the money today. It's nine o'clock. Oh, see, that's you. I panic. I have a moment of like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I have have a little meltdown. I cry a little bit. You sound like you're very like, huh, date must be wrong. I'm always like, yeah. "Ah." I'm assuming like I did something wrong or like there's a filter, there's something. And then as I'm hunting for like what I did wrong, I'm like, heartbeat is getting stronger yes exactly. Kevin, i'm gonna have to text you really quick on a sunday like something's broken like what's up like we don't and we normally never do that ever um but that'd be that'd be a text worthy conversation but yeah so facebook messed things up they didn't really get into i mean they, they won't get into details and like what they did exactly but what is odd to this is we have one builder who almost every two weeks they have this massive increase in efficiency Hmm. on Facebook. I don't know what it is. It's nothing we're doing. I wish I could replicate it to be every single day, but their cost per click drops like more than a half. The spend stays the same. So their click volume doubles almost every two weeks from Facebook. Nice. Which is, yeah, super cool. Other than like, we can't control it. There's no like insights on why it happens other than like, this makes me think like, okay, those two things combined. There's some type of I don't even know what the terminology would be. Like we have our ads are learning continuously, but it makes me think there's like a systemic, like almost reset or recalibration of ads that they try to make sure it's smooth. But with that builder in particular, they spend quite a bit. So maybe certain accounts, like it isn't smooth. And for them, like it's it's a bonus because they get tons more clicks on those days. But this was like, this went the other direction where it's like, sorry, we spent all your money by 9 a.m. I'm sure they help them out. At least it, if you could get a hold of someone from Facebook, they do seem to assist not, in these scenarios, but good it luck says they're a hold still of looking at it. Yeah. We're still looking at it. That's it was funny at the end. It said, you know, whoever, whatever expert they're talking about was like, you should throw a fit about this stuff because otherwise they'll just think, oh, everybody will forget about it in a few weeks. But my thing is like, they throw will. a fit to who? <laughs> I mean, Mark, maybe, yeah. maybe if you're McDonald's or something, you know, you have more somebody to go throw a fit to, but yeah. Smaller companies, like, yeah, what do you do? I don't. <laughs> We're going to take all our money from you, Facebook. We, we don't like you anymore. We're going to spend it with. Yeah, well, that's the shoot, hard thing about Facebook. You guys again. <laughs> with Bing, with Bing Social or TikTok. Nope, that's not going to work. Yeah, which we, we've <laughs> tested some TikTok ads. Mm, yeah, you can't get granular enough mm-hmm. um, on the location, on the location settings. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, jo- the joke was also same with um, certain programs like. They talk about here is like, oh, was that team at the company let go who was that could have filtered that out to prevent that? And it's like, well, oh, yeah. well, like you're right, Julie. We'll never know 
we can throw a stink, but who are we going to contact? Um, yeah. In yeah, terms of, yeah, it says, will refunds be issued? Still is up in the air. Um, but yeah. And we, we didn't see anybody affected in our, in our builders. No. I did have somebody who got a random little refund a few days ago, but I don't, it, and we never knew, they never explained to us w- what it was for, what had happened, just hmm. a refund for no reason. But I don't think it was related to this. Yeah, agreed. The next one from searchengineland.com, generative AI coming soon to Google ads. This mm-hmm. AI will generate ads by remixing, remix, that's, that's a Will Duder stat topic there, by remixing creative content, images, video, and text to target specific audiences and meet campaign objectives. So that seems cool. Maybe, as long as it's Maybe. not just like their recommendations and it's just not yeah. garbage. And where you does know it what pull I mean? from? Like, <laughs> exactly. what are the rules on it? Because we could go into chat GPT and, you know, put in a description and mm-hmm. say, make this happier, make this whatever adjective you want to use. And it could then choose other verbs, adjectives, make it sound whatever, make this sound more corporate, make whatever you want it to sound like, and it could change it. So I'd assume it would kind of do the same thing. But what if it chose something that you don't want? That's the problem like we've seen unique. in the past. Well, yeah. We don't want that word. Yeah. It's or like semi-custom. Well, we're just going to use custom. It's like, well, that's not, that's that's not, not what, what we, we are. do. Yeah. That's yeah. not what we are. So I, I definitely think for anything like this, at, at least I think the the using the word remix makes me feel like, all right, if we have 10 options, it's just going to choose the best layout of combining those, mm-hmm. but it won't completely change the verbiage. But even I have that program that like auto checks your spelling today. And, and it was like, oh, we have a new AI feature that will just start completely just writing sentences for you. I was like, I don't need that. Like, I don't, I, I don't, yeah. think we're there I don't yet. want that in my life. Get yeah. Cause we've here. even seen, I mean, we've done, I think Kevin put in all access uh, this week earlier too, where it was like, don't don't just go okay Google and agree to everything they do because oh, gosh, they do no. not have your best interest in mind. No, they have revenue to report every quarter, That's and true. it better be trending in the right direction and and all of that. Which is, I feel like I'm like conspiracy theorist when I'm like, I feel like I'm preaching, mm-hmm. but I'm like Google's job is to make money. Yeah. Now, how they get there, they need to make sure they have keep their users happy because that keeps them with majority market share with people using Google search. And then after that, as long as that box is checked. How much money can we get from our advertisers? We have limited amount of people searching, so we need to get maximized revenue per search, da, 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 all that sort of thing. So like, why wouldn't everything they do have some type of flavor of, we'll make more revenue from this, we'll make more revenue from this. Yeah. It's like, of course, every recommendation is going to be leaning towards that direction. Maybe not all of them, but it'll definitely lean towards that. Yeah, it says, I mean, one of the jokes in here is like AI, it's so hot right now. It's like, of course, everyone's kind of talking about it. Everyone needs a solution. But they said they're just testing the integrated AI. It's not really being mass uh, applied everywhere. So I, I think we're still probably like a few, I want to say months, but things seem to be moving fast. So at least a few weeks before seeing anything crazy roll out. So yeah. keep an eye on that. I always appreciate marketers who experiment, but just don't experiment with your entire ad account. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Does that make anyone feel kind of strange? Like in a couple of years, maybe every ad written is not all of it, not written by a human or the, the end result. It doesn't matter that it's words on the screen. Like, I, I mean, who cares? that doesn't makes no difference. I mean, looking back 10 years versus now versus what the internet is and was and, and currently is, I think it'll just definitely be something we can't even fathom at this point. So it's hard yeah. for me to 
predict, but obviously I always think of a minority report. Have you guys ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's walking in town and they like, yeah, he like, they like check his eyes and they're like, yes. Hey, you, yes. and they have just like crime. Yeah. yeah. But the ads on the screen are only targeting him. You see that at airports where like, you, you know, if you scan it in, everyone's looking at the same screen, but you're only seeing things to you. So I feel like it's just going to be like, they're going to, like twist your arm to be like, you have to have customized ads because it'll obviously benefit you. And then AI will kind of read your mood and be like, do you need aspirin? You look like you have a headache. So we'll have to, um, to see how that goes in the future. And if it frees us up to do more Mm -hmm. critical thinking, creative thinking. So if all the ads are, you know, if they're straightforward and there's a way to do them faster and just as effectively or more effectively, I don't think it necessarily, and I'm a writer, so I know, I, it, it should say, bother like, me more than anybody, but I feel like it just, if it can get rid of some tedious things, it frees you mm-hmm. up for more critical thinking things and creative things that yeah. you can, what it, what it can't do. And, and hopefully Julie, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm right on this. Cause I'm not a writer. Certain words have certain weight and certain meaning. And that's why that word is chosen. And you as a human understand that, like if you're writing X, Y, Z genre, like you're like, I have to use this word, but if I'm writing over here for something that is for a builder, I'm going to use, I will use this one. Maybe AI can eventually learn, learn that, but it won't, I don't know if it could ever choose the right word to have the most emotion be evoked or but, invoked. Yeah. As how much many A-B tests can it run in like 48 hours? Because there'd be, I guess I'm saying there's word. no data on emotion. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, this will make someone feel important. Like say you're advertising luxury home. Well, I want that person, their ego to be like, through the through the roof, right? So yeah. I'll use distinct, premier, whatever words should be in there. But if someone is on the more affordable end, distinct might make them feel intimidated or that they can't afford it, or there'll be something like, oh, that's yeah. too that's that's not me. I can't, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I think that the human skill that's needed in all that is like the bigger picture above that, the critical thinking of what ad do we need to like what's the overall strategy and what do we have to offer that we can offer that's different from someone else. So it's almost like that finer level of the certain word doesn't scare me as much. That's great. If it can test a bunch of those, it's the human of the one step above that of the creative ideas and creative thinking and then feeding that in. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We could it's all fine. be really bored in 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'll be surfing every day or something. Who knows? Who knows? All right. What's up? What's up next? Julie or Jackie? What's the next one? The last one here is just entry-level home shoppers most likely to face bidding wars this spring. That makes sense. And with price rising 8% annually over the least expensive one-third of houses, the most expensive houses lost value for the first time in more than a decade, but that's probably just maybe market correcting. And that comes from the Zillow media room. And I think the biggest thing for here is just, you know, how accurate is that? But also what we continue to see is just those resale houses. And of course they're going to do a bidding war. There's still nothing. It's still like record low inventory in a lot of places and people don't want to lose the 3% interest rates. So they're not putting their house up for sale unless, you know, again, they have a, a, a very large lifestyle change or something's happening. So just keeping that in mind, because I feel like every builder I I'm talking to the last few weeks has just been like slow and steady. It's, it's working right now because the competition of the resale market is still not there. 
And builders are trying to come out with more entry-level things that will compete with entry-level homes. They're trying to, at least some of them, strip things back, get to affordable price point where they can have some offerings down there in that more affordable realm. So yeah, this isn't surprising to me that the more expensive things, there's more inventory, prices can't stay that high. But yeah, the the lower stuff, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, they're if you think about it like that, the um, first time buyer, they're renting rents. Their rent could be more than what their mortgage is. Yeah. So they're like, I'm just trying to lower my monthly overhead at this point and have an asset and build equity, all those sorts of things. So they're, it's almost like if they're able to afford the bidding, they're still, they could buy over asking up to a certain amount and still come out ahead because now their monthly payment went from 2,800 rent to maybe 2,200 mortgage. Like, sweet, I'll take that all day long, $600 less. And I own the home and my mortgage won't change minus insurance property tax. Um, I guess that's not really a mortgage, is it? That's the other things on top of it. But yeah, that'd be interesting to see um, how that changes throughout the fall. Cool. Is that it for the news? That's it. That's it. That's it. This is not a three-hour long episode. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Well, let's jump into favorite things because this is my very favorite thing asking about favorite things. Jackie, you're on the spot. Um, Current favorite things. I, I feel like I've mentioned it before, but it's probably been long enough. I... I think it's been like nine months of now of every other week I've been attending Toastmasters and being Mm -hmm. forced to give speeches and just really working on my impromptu speaking skills. Not that I don't talk all day, every day to people and as well as go on this podcast, but it's just really fun to hear how other people can use the same topic and spin ideas or or concerns and, and just how to gravitate towards, um, asking questions and presenting information differently. So if anyone ever wants to like, I have a 2023 goal list on my thing. And I was like, all right, I want to give three speeches this year. And I've already hit that. Done. I think <laughs> done. <laughs> I'm not even halfway through the year, but just, I, I feel like make sure it's the year of moving forward for yourself, finding yeah. the things that you want to improve on and, and just continuing that. And Toastmasters is a great place to start because it is just a, a learning lab of language that we try and experiment with, with, um, just, just fun speeches, speeches you want to give. If you're going to present at the summit, IBS, thinking about presenting at IBS, it's just a really good way to start. If you haven't already experimented with talking in front of people. So check it out. If you haven't, I think it's like $90 a year for your membership. It's very affordable and they're very hyper local. It'll be the most fun you'll have. You know, at that first speech, your heart goes, and then you're fine. You're like, yeah. Yeah. You definitely get used to it. Um, yeah. It's totally okay to be selfish, right? Yeah. Um, or what might feel like I'm being selfish, putting this something first that is priority to you. It's okay. At least I, I feel that way for sure. What do you got, Julie? Julie. I feel like I'm late to the game on this one. Cause this one, like I think got popular during all the COVID stuff, but I've been listening to Smartless. Have y'all listened to that podcast before? It's Jason Bateman, uh, Will Arnett, and the guy from Rolling Grace. I forget his name. But anyway, if you're looking, yes, if you're looking for like a lighthearted, like celebrity interview, it makes me laugh because they're just so mean to each other. They just are. I mean, they love each other. Obviously, they're like super close, so they can just be so mean to each other. So. Mm -hmm. Like to have a, to have a good podcast, maybe we just had to start 
being terrible to each other and being like, that was a <laughs> terrible idea, Andrew. <laughs> terrible, terrible. We should, we should have a I, mean episode. I completely episode. disagree. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Do I see debates? It has been, that has been entertaining me lately. Sounds like fun. I need, I need, my trouble with podcasts is I have to sit and only listen to it hmm. or watch oh, it. Oh, no. Like, see, I listen to them mostly if I'm like folding laundry or okay. there you walking that, I the dog that. or okay. like something where, you know, you need to get something done. So you just put it on. So keeps you going. Right. Yeah. But during the day, I'm sure your, your brain probably couldn't handle, or you'd be like, the podcast is over. What even happened? I have no idea. Yeah. 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 I definitely can't do that. So my favorite thing I've usually I go with food because food's great. Um, I guess this is a favorite thing, although it doesn't happen too often. So we have the gym, but also like kind of collect gym equipment, which is super weird. Um, so I like an hour before the podcast started, I found a piece. It's like the only reason I go on Facebook. I go on Facebook. I have like pre-made searches. It's just like Zillow. You have these pre-searches you do. You're looking for like this, this one, this one, this one, this one. So I found something I've been looking for for like a year and a half. Awesome. And I'm like, oh, look. And then it's super easy to get. Usually I have to like send a driver out and the person thinks you're trying to like scam them. Like, hey, like I'll send you money now. My, dri- my driver, da, 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 they got a big truck. They'll be out there. There's a the number. You're like, is this a scam? Like, no, no, I just, I don't have time to drive four hours to get this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's, I won't get into details because everyone will be like, what are you talking about? So but it's for the gym? It's, or just for me. Or I mean, for your house. It was yeah, only 600, it was only $600, which people are like, what'd you buy? It's like a single piece of equipment for your back, but it usually would sell for like 25 to 3000. Mm-hmm. The person just didn't know the value of it, that it's like that one design is the one that this person used in this photo shoot, da, 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 all this stuff. And so that's why that value is there. Um, so I'm like, oh, sweet. So it's, that's my favorite thing right now. I, yes. I haven't seen it yet. Hopefully it's not. I mean, the pictures look good. Kind of just have to trust that the person is not trying to like rip you off. But that is the nice yet. thing about those hyper local things. I do offer up and I'm like, you don't know the value of that. So yeah, like, let me get that. Yeah. yeah. The hard part of this is like, it's like a whole truck bed. So there's no yeah. like, look, I'll swing by or can you ship it? It's like, no, mm-hmm. it's, you know, 340 pounds or whatever it yeah. may be. So yeah, that's my favorite thing. Awesome. There we go. Any, do we have anything else? Any questions of the week? No, we don't. No questions of the week, do we? No, I think it was more just, um, you know, protect your data. I think we just keep talking about all access and, uh, just, I, I feel like it's, it's just a great like place for people to pick and do questions and obviously utilize the app for the Academy and research. And I, I know that one of the most common questions, so this will just come from me is GA4. Help. Oh, hmm. <laughs> maybe just a question mark that. there. Yeah. So well, one of the game plans for us for if you are a marketer struggling or you're like, where do I get started with GA4? Or I took the GA4 analytics course and I got certified. I still don't know where to start as a I builder. Don't know what to do. Yeah, that's that's what we're hearing from from a lot of our marketers. Um, we will most likely in the next two months be really filling the all access up with um, video content and content specifically for builder partners um, and marketers who are in there to um, to learn from and learn GA4. So if you're not signed up, sign up. And then that's where to ask the great question about GA4 if you're very confused on where to start because yeah. July 1st, whether you know it or not, it will be here. Definitely. And don't use the dashboard to get out of learning GA4. <laughs> to bring it to, to serve, unless it's for the person who does not need to ever log in. But if you're yeah. managing things, then yeah, jump into GA4. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that. We're, yeah, we got fun. some big plans as far as building that out and just making sure it's the the best hub for GA4 for home builders, yeah. which I guess is a, a lofty goal. But 
If it's not that, then that's not, that doesn't get me up. If I'm like, oh, let's just do something mediocre and like put whatever. And I was like, no, let's make the best place for GA4 content for people to learn how to use GA4 for home builders, or at least have the confidence with it. So let's get it done. Awesome. Well, that is it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to become a member for free of DYC's all access community app for home builders and developers. Watch behind the scenes videos from the podcast, frequent exclusive postings and analysis from the DYC team access to private hangouts and more. It just keeps going. There's more and more and more. So <laughs> get in there and join it. Um, Summit is pretty much sold out. Yeah. For the most part. Sweet. We just sent out an email of the five last half price tickets. And then five. I think there's oh like my. a sprinkling of remaining tickets past that, but nice. we are like four months ahead of schedule. Phenomenal. That's insane. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Definitely appreciate everyone doing that. Excited to see everyone in September. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. See y'all. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one? Or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof. <laughs>